Hello, I am Tommy Ludgate and this is The Creatives Table, a podcast where I bring together my experience of creativity from a career as a singer, songwriter and vocal coach and now as a coach for creatives. Expect chats with guests from all corners of the creative experience, live performances and letters from listeners. This has been a long time coming and I can't wait to get stuck in. On today's episode, I have a conversation with Ali McDowell, a life coach, creative mentor and published author of award-winning wellbeing journal, The Positive Planner. Her experience with her own mental health with postnatal depression sparks the most creative phase of her career, and she now co-owns a design-led stationery business that ships products all over the world. Creativity to her is a way of life, and she is passionate about helping others find theirs as a gateway to positive mental well-being. Today, we also get to enjoy a moving performance from gorgeous vocalist Jazz Morley. I love how expressive her voice is. This song, Nobody Knows, is about how our hearts always seem to follow love, even when it's the path of most resistance. First up, this chat with Ali explores being a creative person and a parent. How can we hold on to a sense of ourselves when we are trying to blend that with all the other aspects of our life and who we are? Hello, Ali. Welcome to the Creatives Table. Hello. Thanks for having me. You're welcome. How are you? Yeah, really good. Thank you. I'm excited to have this chat. I'm excited because I actually own the Positive Planner and I bought it before I even had ever spoken to you. So it's almost like I'm a bit of a fan. (laughs) Oh, (laughs) that's really cool. Yeah, it's really cool. And they have it in my local shop, actually, in Leighton Buzzard, all of the different colours and um, versions. So, uh, yeah, it's really exciting to be chatting to you and find out a bit where that all came from. Um, I thought we'd start with the question, how does creativity show up in your life? Yeah, great question. Um, As you know, I'm like a big fan and creativity for me is like it's like it's it's like my spiritual home (laughs) I don't have a faith but I do have Mm -hmm. creativity and it's um it's where I feel most like myself when I'm being creative um so I think for me the way it shows up it shows up everywhere like I have I have thousands of ideas every day which are it's sometimes a bit of a burden actually because I'm like (laughs) yeah I relate to that (sighs) (laughs) and another one and what am I going to do with that so I do I absolutely love having ideas and I love I love feeding off other people's creative energies as well um and I think the way that it shows up for me is it's um it's like I I have to find I have to have it in some way in my day it's like I suppose some people have to move their bodies or they have to meditate or something for me doing something with my hands something creative something that where I'm being led by the process it makes it makes me feel grounded and like myself yeah so that's yeah I suppose every day and then obviously Mm -hmm. in my business as well yeah um 
I really relate yeah. to that. I definitely relate to the millions of ideas every second that it can feel a bit noisy in your mind. Um, do you always recognise it in each day or can it happen without you noticing? Um, I think I have more creative days than others. I, I've noticed the last couple of weeks been a bit flat but it tends to be that the work generates the ideas. So if I'm in a creative project or something like that, and I've got lots of things going on, then I tend to be more creative in other areas too. So at the moment, my focus has been very logistical. So it's not sort of, it's not feeding that creative part of my brain. So I felt a bit flatter in my energy, but yeah, it's, um, it's 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 fluctuating isn't it it's kind of mm. goes with your mental health as well I think mm. yeah I think we'll come back to that because I know yeah. what else I want to explore with you um when we connected about having this conversation you mentioned about having suffered with postnatal depression and I was really interested to explore that because I think just the experience of motherhood on whatever mm. level we experience it I think is challenging I think the early days can be really challenging and so I was really interested to hear your story and what came out of that because for anyone listening who might be at that stage right now I think maybe like often if we've been doing creative work and we have a baby mm. it can throw you so far away from what you were doing that you might feel like it's hard to get back to um so yeah, if, if you wouldn't mind sharing, I'd love to hear a bit more about your experience with postnatal depression. Yeah, I don't mind talking about it at all. Um, I think that to give it context, I was 26 when I fell pregnant with my son. At the time, I saw in my 20s, I have, I'm a theatre designer, so I'm set in costume design. I'd worked in amazing theatres as an associate designer and a designer in my own right I had a very sort of like not particularly um I wasn't financially particularly stable because it's freelance work right mm -hmm. but I absolutely loved my job and I it was always different every six weeks was a different project mm -hmm. uh, I al always had design work thinking of projects in the back of my mind had models on the go like I was extremely creative to the point of you know like I was always making stuff and then fell pregnant with my son, was really happy about it. It wasn't quite the right time for us, but we just, you know, just go with it. I embraced it. And then we became pregnant with my daughter very quickly after. So my son was still only nine months old. So I was kind mm -hmm. of like, oh my gosh, I'm not ready for this. Mm -hmm. It was already on the back foot because I kind of wasn't ready for the first one. <laughs> and then... <laughs> became pregnant and and then we had to sort of move out of London came we moved back to Bath where my parents lived just for some extra support and I was all of a sudden just completely lifted out of my life and put into a new life which seemed really alien to me and I felt alien to myself mm -hmm. because it was so much about um the mundanity of just keeping these two babies alive and making sure that they fed at the right times and they were sleeping at the right times and I was very in that but I realized quite quickly that the where what I had lost was by creative practice 
mm-hmm. in literally probably a couple of days I just it just fell away um and I think with anybody that's got sort of like a practice or something that they do that keeps them kind of um bringing them back to themselves is that as soon as that goes it's just really hard to get it back in and, and and I was trying really hard so I was trying to make things for the kids I was getting my sewing machine out I was really trying to sort of work it in but you know babies have got different ideas they weren't sleeping um, <laughs> yeah. I had two that tag teamed all through the night like I probably didn't sleep properly for about three or four years and I think that is the biggest blocker isn't it for creativity <laughs> basically mm. if you just don't have the headspace all the time to actually really get into something then yeah it was it was a really difficult time so so yeah so when my my daughter was about six months old I realized that I just really wasn't myself um but I I had hit I had hidden it really well I think Mm. not to people that are close to me but I'd hidden it quite well and started journaling and it was it that became my creative outlet because in my journal I could be I could write in a creative way I was using my hands I was using a pen which I always feel better when I've got a pen or a pencil in my hand either just doodling or sketching or writing and I couldn't I didn't feel like a burden to anybody when I was journaling in my you know in my journal I was saying exactly what I needed to say without fear of letting anybody down or feeling like a bad mother or anybody judging me it was just it would it would it basically just all came out and, and I so thought, did you recognize the depression on the page like did it come out on the page and you notice exactly where you're at in that moment yeah I think I think it was a realization point for me when I was writing these things and I actually hadn't really confronted them with myself yet mm-hmm. I think it's just the way people's brains work in different right ways right so in order to um confront my depression I was having to have a conversation with myself in my mm-hmm. journal and it was sort of it was the words that were like you know the resentment that was coming out uh, you know towards my partner or the fact that I wasn't sleeping or the house, you know, everything, I could just tell that I was overwhelmed because Mm -hmm. it was just, there was no, there was no logic really. It was just kind of verbal diarrhea of just everything that was, I felt was um, having a negative impact on my mental health. Mm. Um. And then I sort of came to it in my journal that I thought I should be doing something. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I need to be doing something creative. So I actually um, got in contact with a friend who was running a place called The Makery at the time. And I started running craft workshops on Saturdays. And it was just a way of me, a very small way of me just getting back to myself for a couple of hours a week, running workshops. So it felt like... Mm. Um, I was giving back in some way but really I just needed to be in the room like with an apron on pencil Mm -hmm. in my hands other people sort of feeding off creative you know briefs and stuff like that so did you find it hard to get that going because I can imagine for someone listening now who's maybe in the depths of feeling really low the thought Mm. of showing up in that way in front of a group 
committing or having the confidence to say, yeah, I'm going to do it and share that with people? Was that in any way challenging for you? Yes, but I'm a really, I'm kind of, I'm quite strange in the fact that I, I think I feed off fear slightly. I think the (laughs) adrenaline of like being like, right, you've said you're going to do it, just do it. Um, And then just having to show up and, and do that. It was, I think it took a while for me to get back into my groove, but not very long. Once you sort of, once it's in there and it's stuff that you know, I suppose it's like you with singing, it's sort of a natural thing that you can just do. Mm. Um, I felt that in the room, I just kind of needed to just put myself in the, in the way, in a way, and just, just do it and see what came. I'm quite lucky like that. I do throw myself in at the deep end quite a lot. Yeah. I think if you practice doing that, because mm. the evidence um, supports the positives often, once you've mm. done something, the, I don't know, good endorphins you get, the feedback you yeah. get from that group or whatever it might be, that evidence is suddenly in front of you and it's really supportive to have that, isn't it? So, yeah, yeah if you can take that leap, then <laughs> it often is really positive. Mm. Now, a short break from our conversation so we can hear Jazz Morley with her song, Nobody Knows. Chase the love that has 
What came next after the workshops then? So I was going to um, a particular baby group, which was a bit like a lifeline for me. I sort of had a few friends there that I could really be truly authentic and myself and say exactly what I needed. And I said, oh, I've, I've kind of got this thing that I'm doing at the moment. I'm journaling every day in the morning and in the evening. And I'm kind of, I've sort of started a bit of like an Instagram blog thing about mental health and how I'd started my medication and how actually it was a really positive thing for me. And um, I said, I've kind of got this idea of about, about a journal. It's, it's called, it's kind of got a name and everything. It's called the Positive Planner. Like, what do you think? And my really good friend was like, sounds amazing. You should just, you should just go for it. She was exactly the person I needed to like hold that idea in that moment on that day. Mm-hmm. And I went, yeah, I think I might. I think I might just see, I might just get some, I might just design something and see, get get some stuff, you know, get get some printed. And at the time I was talking to my business partner, Finn, who at the time had had her first child. And by total co- um, coincidence, she'd started journaling too. So when I started mm-hmm. posting about this idea, she was like, oh, that's so good because I've started journaling for my mental health. And I'm really finding it so brilliant. Like I'd really love to help with the project. So we sort of went on this little kind of accidental journey together. Mm. And then we realized, you know, once we started looking into publishing costs and things like that, we we realized we would need a fair amount of money just to get a certain amount printed. So we decided to crowdfund it. And what people did is they bought, they paid us 20 pounds, basically as a pre-order for when the books were printed. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got, I think the first seed seed amount was 500 units. Um, and we were like, well, we will have them for ages. You know, we can just post them out when we get orders. Uh, we sold out within two weeks. Oh, wow. Just, but just before Christmas, it was just bonkers. We just <laughs> like, oh, 
Okay. And then we went on to not on the high street. And then we just, every order that we sold, every sort of complete unit, we kept all the money and we kept just putting it straight back into printing. Like we never took any money in the beginning. And then, um, and then it sort of like became, it kind of gathered momentum basically. Mm -hmm. uh, not on the high street was really good for us at the time. We won an award and eventually I think it was the year after I was like I think I'm gonna stop taking shows because I'm feeling actually at capacity like I need to stop designing in order to put time into this business mm -hmm. and yeah and now what six years later we're both full-time in the business we have people that work you know with us on yeah. different areas that we're not you know logistics and shipping and sales mm -hmm. and things like that and uh it was a complete just it was like an idea, you know, if you, you've read Big Magic, it was like an mm -hmm. idea that sort of like came and chose us to like channel it out. It yeah, didn't yeah, feel yeah. like it, we had any choice. No. And it's, yeah, it's interesting how things align when you're having a particular experience. You mm. needed it. It needed you maybe. Um, just mm. going back a little bit, I'm curious, um, with did you get a diagnosis at the time yeah so I went to the I went to the doctors um and it was clear that I was struggling and and when I said to them you know I've got two under two and I'm not sleeping you know that's the first you're probably you know sleep deprived and all these things but and she sort of asked me about a few other things and I sort of said um, yeah, there are sometimes days where I just feel like I just don't want to, I just don't want to do it. And it, mm -hmm. that me, it wasn't, um, it was like, I think I said something along the lines of, I just wish I could slip out the back door and no one would notice, but I can't. Mm. And, it, and it wasn't sort of as drastic as it sounds. It was just that I wanted to get off the train. I just wanted a break basically. Yeah. Um, and she just looked at me and she just said, okay, I think we're going to get you some medication. Um, and at the time, I just needed to know that I was addressing the problem. Mm -hmm. And I was really, really genuinely concerned. Everyone's got their different opinions on medication and things. But for me, within, the, within two weeks of kind of going on them, I felt more like myself. I was having much more normal thought processes and it was, I mean, I think I was on them for a couple of years and then mm -hmm. finally was in a position where I could have some therapy. And I think the therapy was the thing that really helped me deal with the postnatal depression and everything mm -hmm. with it, you know, because the way that it affects your relationships, your relationship to yourself, um, how you view those times. Um, I think it was, I think that was the transformative point for me, to be honest. Yeah, but you yeah. need to be in a position to be able to go and have those conversations. So I suppose yeah. if you'd done that straight away, it might have been difficult. Did the doctor offer anything aside from medication? Because I'm just thinking, obviously, the journaling was giving you so much. Mm. Was there any discussion around those more alternative therapies? No, not at the time. This was like 2000 and. 15 or something at the time it was very much like this is what we can offer you and it was actually the research into 
so the reason that I started journaling was that I had been reading on blogs what is it that everybody that is going to therapy doing and it was like you know a lot of people that go to therapy will keep a journal and I thought right well that's free I can do that I can buy a notebook I could buy a pen you know I yeah. can sort of start following and um you know that's kind of where it began it was like a me a way of me accessing a kind of therapy Mm -hmm. and had you Um, never journaled before that so I had kept journals as teen as a teenager sort of quite angsty ones you know Mm -hmm. kind um and all through because I went to St Martin's and London College of Fashion all through those years of being at art school they encourage you to keep sketchbooks Mm-hmm. And part of sketchbooks is kind of like a hybrid, isn't it, of like reflections and journaling, but also sketches and drawings and things. So I've always had sketchbooks. Um, and so I suppose it was kind of the perfect moment to try and go back to that sort of way of life, if you like, always mm. keeping something that you can mm. have a little... And then the creative process around creating the planner, can you remember how you both approached what went in there? Because I can see as you're talking about the sketchbooks that actually maybe there's a part of that reflected in what you've chosen to put on the pages in the planners. Yeah, definitely. I mean, we were just kind of, we were keen to allow the user to use it how they felt that they wanted to. But at the same time, very aware that when people show up to journals, it's like overwhelm. I don't know what to write. I don't know what to do today. You know, especially when you're in that place of fog and just feeling like you don't have any words. But if you, you know, like it's kind of like those coaching questions, just ask one open question that's going to just open up a like, oh, how am I feeling today? Or what's my positive? What positives did did I experience today or you know what's my gratitude moment that sort of thing what self-care am I going to plan in today and it's just those little kind of gentle nudges towards um thinking in a kind of way for yourself so that was definitely part of the the main bulk of the journaling but mm-hmm. then we wanted to um we wanted to sort of invite the user to also have places to color or sketch or you know other things that you may not want to write but you may want to um you know just do a little just do a little thing for yourself Mm -hmm. just take a moment it's like an extension of your brain really and actually all of the books that have followed the positive wellness journal that's got loads more coloring in it and things like mandalas and stuff like that the positive bullet diary that's got loads of space for doodling and like more creativity um and yeah, and obviously now we've got one for kids, just Positive Doodle Diary, which is all about doodling, creativity mm. and confidence and all of that. And I think some some adults love using the Doodle Diary. To I be was honest. about to say, I think the adults need that one more than anything. Um, we get so stuck in the rules, what feel like the rules of life and all the things that we need to tick off. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that real playfulness. <laughs> So with, obviously, I've used the planner and Mm -hmm. I love the self-care stuff. So really being able to tune into what I want to put first for myself today, Mm. because that's hard. That's hard in life. I've got two kids. It's a full, 
stressful mm-hmm. life right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and yeah, the fact that it's really broken down feels like it's very simple because I mm-hmm. think we can be put off at the thought of, oh, I need to write loads, like you're describing, just having those prompts and it mm-hmm. only needs to be a few minutes. But definitely when I use it by the end of the day, I feel completely different. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm curious about is your thoughts on prioritizing that mental well-being when you are a creative person um we both know what it feels like to be creative creative people um Mm -hmm. it's kind of a funny title isn't it we're (laughs) a big group of lots of different people but yeah I do think we have quite similar traits as creative people so how important do you think it is to prioritize that mental well-being and having some sort of practice around that? I think it's it's actually imperative. If if that's some if that is your form of self-care, then and that's how you feel like yourself, then you need to be bringing yourself back to yourself as much as you possibly can. But that might not look like loads and loads of time for someone like yourself or like me at the moment so it's about trying to fit it in where you can or finding ways like being playful I love that word because creativity shows up in so many different ways you know I've just joined a choir for me that's like creative and it's it's play and it's people it's community but it's also me having a go with my voice and seeing what and I always feel amazing afterwards I always Mm. feel amazing you know or maybe I might tune into myself and think do you know what I need to really process this thing that's happened to me what is the thing that I can do today that's going to help my brain think about that thing but I have to do something with my hands while I'm doing that and for me embroidery is really good for that because you can kind of you can make you can get quite good outcomes from what you're doing you're making decisions as you go but you're Mm -hmm. also it's mindful enough to be processing and thinking and working something through in your brain so um yeah I think it's critical actually and and I can't believe that creative well-being isn't more of a thing like I am Mm. I'm keen I'm keen for it to become like a way of I mean I feel like lots of businesses are definitely seeing it as more of a it's not just yoga and mindfulness and um movement and meditation and breath work I think mm. that creative well-being and expression mm. it should be it should be part of that really yeah. because it's how you find out about yourself and it's how you find out what your needs are as well mm. um, so yeah, I would say just try stuff, see what fits, what doesn't. I'm I am quite good at trying new things. I'm like, right, this time I'm gonna do lino printing and this is gonna be my new life. Yeah. And I'll do it. <laughs> and I won't be ter- I won't be actually particularly good at it. And then I'll be like, okay, I tried it, but it's something fun, you know, just yeah, have yeah. fun. Um, and I think that idea of um, trying out different creative practices or creative mediums that aren't your norm is a really great way to bring in that refreshed perspective. I mean, like me making a podcast, I don't know what I'm doing. I just decided I was going to try it because it kept yeah. coming back to me. And it's so fun learning something new or thinking about a new format. Um, it gets you working in different ways. And that's really refreshing mm. for the other things that you do on a more regular yeah. basis. Yeah, um, definitely. 
I'm just thinking about all the things I've been thinking about while we've been chatting. And I think I could probably ask you loads more questions. Um, But I suppose I just wonder, like now and the journals and all that came from that slightly negative experience, Mm. Mm. what, what are you still enjoying from the fact that you've created that? after something that was very tough Mm. how does that show up in your life now I think um I think I've always wanted to be helpful and when you're part of a collaborative team and you work with um experience so theatre design is experience design right but you're you're working to a, a brief and I think I've always wanted to help people kind of arrive at their own version of self-care or well-being or whatever and I think for me what keeps me going with the business is that the idea that people are using these journals and planners and experiencing something that I I can only ask the questions people have to you know people have to write the answers for themselves and that's going to be different for every single person that uses the journals and I think that's what kind of keeps Finn and I going because it's like I I would have liked to have been like like a nurse or something. My mum's a nurse, you know, I would have liked to have done something a little (laughs) bit more like that, but I'm just not that way inclined. So for Mm. me, this is my way of helping people. um, And, and also showing people that you're not alone, you know, Mm. the positive planner stands for that, you know, not everybody. It's, it's just, it's up and down, isn't it? And the pandemic showed everybody that, you know, nobody's immune to, Mm. Um, ill mental health and I like the fact that people can kind of yeah find their own words write their own story write their pages as they want to set an intention in the morning and the fact that it may have a positive effect on their day like that is so lovely to think or even just reflecting on the day in the evening and just trying to pull out because I think we're so naturally um hard on ourselves we're really Mm. hard on ourselves and we're always picking ourselves apart you know oh that could have been better this Mm. actually finding three things that went well that day that's such a like simple practice right and we we probably do it with our children like oh how was your day oh that sounds really good but you never do it with yourself so I suppose it's about like almost mothering yourself or parenting yourself a little bit as well yeah um but yeah. It's definitely the thing that I've found most obviously positive is the end of the day thing. Because I can mm. start the day. You have more energy at the start of the day because you've had some sleep, hopefully. Yeah. Um, but it's definitely that end of the day, needing to get everyone fed, washed to bed, mayhem that just throws mm. me right off. Where I think, no, I can't cope or it feels really difficult but when I've practiced gratitude or I've just noticed the things about the day that I've loved and it can be so simple, you think, oh, no, the day's been good. <laughs> yeah, I actually did a good job today, you know, not yeah. always trying to find what didn't go well. Exactly. Um, or there was that funny moment that really made you laugh or yeah. anything. Um, I love that phrase. You- oh, sorry. No, no, I was go just going to say, I love that phrase when you're looking for glimmers rather than, you know, it's the opposite to a trigger. Have you heard about mm-hmm. that? No. I think that's, it's, um, it's like those moments of like, 
you know, what was a glimmer in your day? And I, I think mm. about it all the time, actually. You know, those tiny moments, sometimes they are so tiny, that just mm. make everything okay. <laughs> mm. Yeah, but if we don't stop to notice them, they can go unnoticed, mm. I suppose. Um, I was going to ask, what would be the one piece of advice you'd like to leave on the table for everyone listening? I would say um, be more curious about other practices so just try stuff like be 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 okay with being bad at something (laughs) um and actually you will always learn something about yourself um and you know like for me I tried crochet recently it was so funny because I'm not usually that bad at things but I was really bad at it (laughs) and I just couldn't wrap my head around it but you know what, I grew loads, in a two hour session, I really grew in confidence because I was really trying and I was really trying to get my head around it. And maybe I might have done like a couple of stitches right or whatever, but I enjoyed just the process of of trying and doing something and being proactive. So yeah, so I think that's what mine would be is just try stuff, see what Mm -hmm. happens. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You haven't, you know, but be more led by, of, by curiosity than the fear of being bad at something yeah I think that's kind of what I would leave on the table could I ask for a second little side note on the table for Mm -hmm. anyone listening who is new to parenthood Mm -hmm. what would be your advice find your people And I mean the people that you can allow into the chaos where you don't panic when they come to your house (laughs) and um, they can see you in your best states and your worst states and your silliest states and all these things. But like put yourself in the position where you can find those people. I was really lucky. In fact, the person that I told the idea to the beginning she's still a really good friend of mine and find those people that can hold you and you will hold them as well but I think Mm. that those are lifelines to be honest yeah definitely um and if you if you if they're not coming like naturally then go and find them Mm. (laughs) where where are my people you know like if you are more aligned with creatives or then go to those places you know go to a life drawing class see who else is there because there's there's often others you know in other places that are also parents yeah exactly yeah thank you thank you so much for joining me Ali thank you so much for having me thank you for joining me at the creatives table if you enjoyed today's episode please do subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform and why not share it with your creative friends let's build a community where we can revel in the highs and stand by each other through the lows and i'd love to hear from you share your thoughts your ideas or even suggest guests or topics for future episodes you can find out how to stay connected and be part of the community in the show notes i'll see you next time